Welcome to I'm in my 20s, the podcast where we get real about making the best of our 20s through candid and honest conversations. I feel like I felt really dissociated. I felt like I was just like this little floating thing in my head, just little Ellen like walking around me like, hello, hello, I am traumatized again. <laughs> Hey guys, today we're talking about mental health and I brought on my incredibly brave and amazing friend Ellen to share her unique mental health story. She has dealt with OCD, anxiety, and depression, so she goes into her story with counseling and how her childhood shaped her mental health and how she has learned to overcome it and learn to love herself and become an overall happier and healthier person. So I hope you guys gain a lot of insights from this conversation and also just to set the tone a little bit, me and Ellen are pretty good friends and we are pretty weird together, so don't be surprised surprised if we just like say something that's super weird just in the middle of talking about something serious so i apologize in advance if that's like weird but i hope you guys learn a lot in this conversation as i did having it so enjoy what's up ellen <laughs> hey. hey what's going on man Quang? what's going on homie much. you know just filming a podcast i mean recording a podcast <laughs> with my homie may kwong yo <laughs> Ellen is my friend from high school, I'm but <laughs> Ellen, you're so quiet. I can't even hear you. I'm your friend from high school. Ah, that's better. <laughs> Can you give an introduction of who you are? Hi. <laughs> I'm Ellen. Hey, Ellen. <laughs> but I also go by L N, like an L and an N. So call me that. Um, I'm an undergraduate student at the University of British Columbia going into my fifth year of university, and I am a major in psychology. Wow, psychology. And what do you do in your free time? You have so many cool hobbies. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, My hobbies are dancing and singing, playing the ukulele. Oh, yeah. And I like taking nice walks outside. Yeah. You like yeah. long walks on the beach? Oh, yeah, I do. Me too. Mm. So, yeah, anything else you want to say about yourself before we talk about the the serious? Well, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive right in, people. I'm ready. <laughs> wow. We're going to learn a lot about you. <clears throat> so, we're talking about mental health. Yeah. I feel like me and you, we've had a very different experience with mental health. Yeah. Most of this conversation is going to be about your story because I know that you've had a very long journey with mental health and you're still going through that journey right now. But then for me, it hasn't really been a big part of my life. Like, it's more so affecting a lot of people that are close to me. So, I can speak to that. But I really want to talk about your journey, what you went through. So, can you give a background on mental health? for you and kind of like Mm. when it started and yeah just your background yeah so my mental health issues started when I was pretty young in elementary school I kind of noticed that I would get anxious and also have like intrusive thoughts a lot of the time which made me feel really guilty and bad as a child because little things could make me feel super scared I'll give like an example um this is kind of a weird example but like yeah, when I was a child, this was really traumatizing for me. So I don't know if you guys all know, like, the website called Gaia, Gaia.com. Meg, do you know it? No, what's that? How do you spell that? G-A-I-A. Okay, what is it? 
so it's basically like i'm pretty sure a lot of people know it um it's basically like a virtual world website kind of like club penguin but not really where you can just like meet people trade stuff and talk to people on it Mm. and basically it was for 13 and up Mm -hmm. and i was not 13 and up that time but i (laughs) signed up for it anyway but doing so i felt super freaking guilty because like i kept having intrusive thoughts in my head saying like oh you're bad for like signing up for this website because you're not the right age and like Mm-hmm. Just a lot of scary thoughts started to fill my head. I, Wait, how old were you when you signed <clears throat> up for this? Um, I think I was like grade three. Oh, grade that's so three. young. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I, it was really young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the thoughts just kept like filling my head and I guess I couldn't really see through those thoughts because I was really young and my brain was not developed. Mm. So it just ate me up for like the whole summer. And I felt this fucking pit in my stomach that would not leave for the whole entire day and yeah i felt like i needed to confess my sins it was a terrible feeling i felt like i i hurt somebody when it was just yeah super small like that so experiencing that as a child really really like yeah it really traumatized me and Mm -hmm. it carried on into um into high school and it got Mm -hmm. way worse in high school because in high school you just kind of you're more exposed to different kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. and so because of that your brain has more to kind of grab and attack you with yeah um i remember when i would tell jokes Mm -hmm. to people like even a small joke i felt like i had to tell them that i was just kidding or else my yeah or else my brain would tell me you're a bad person you just lied to them you just lied to them even though Mm -hmm. it was like a small thing i still felt like i was literally sinning and doing a bad thing and that i was lying to them and that these thoughts would not stop unless I tell them, like, I was kidding. Like, that's how I could relieve this anxiety, which is okay. basically, like, a compulsion in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just basically kind of leading up to, like, tell you that I, like, dealt with issues of OCD. Mm-hmm. So the obsession was um, being a bad person because you were telling a joke to somebody, but you didn't tell them that it was a joke. So technically, you were lying. Mm-hmm. And then... The compulsion was um, needing to tell the person that you're kidding. Mm-hmm. And then the D is like the disorder. Yeah, so that was one of the experiences I remember in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were just a, lo- a lot of different kinds of scenarios where I felt like I was a bad person because of the intrusive thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. Like thoughts that I couldn't control at all. Right. Um, yeah, actually, let me go back to the first story because I didn't talk about the compulsions I had. So the compulsions I had during the time that I felt guilty about joining Gaia online, um, I felt like I needed to tell my mom about it in a very subtle way. But I was really freaking scared of getting in trouble because as a kid, you just don't want to get in trouble. You feel like you doing a small thing wrong is like such a big thing. Well, at least for me, like um, I felt that way with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kept trying to seek like bits of like reassurance from my mom that she would think that it's okay and i would just i would literally murmur in my in my speech and try to say i signed up for a website guy online <laughs> i wasn't allowed to i'm not even kidding like i remember really? walking with her yeah like holding her hand Dang. and walking me mama <laughs> <laughs> so you're like trying to like subliminally like tell her <laughs> you just, yeah, like, can you feel my telepathic <laughs> Your subconscious mind is like, please. 
freaking anxiety that I don't oh, know why. No. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's like a feeling of anxiety because you have this like thing that you're you, like, it's always at the back of your mind, right? And you just like want to get it off your chest, but then you like didn't know how to get it off your chest. So it just kept like eating it, eating you up. Basically. Yeah, like the, like the uncertainty of not knowing whether my mom would be okay with it or not, or whether oh, it was yeah. the right thing to do. Because as a child, you're really trying to figure out what's right and wrong. So yeah, really difficult to kind of pinpoint it exactly. But yeah, yeah as I grew older, definitely right and wrong. That that's like there's gray. It's not just right or wrong, which I which I learned throughout my life. But as a child, mm-hmm. I couldn't figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, onto high school still. I ha- I had like the OCD tendencies and I also had um anxiety which usually manifested as like test anxiety I would I would feel really nervous before taking exams I would like shake and just mm. feel like I was going to shit myself Not <laughs> 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 just kidding like yeah. I I had I had a um, math with Mr. Wong Wait you had math with yeah, Mr. Yeah, Wong right Yeah I had Mr. Yeah. Wong yeah. So every time before the exam like three minutes before, I would feel my stomach start to rumble, and then I was oh like, "Oh my god, I need to take a big shit!" Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's like similar to what I feel before interviews. Like my stomach starts like turning. <laughs> I don't know why. Like some fucking something going on. Yeah, no. But like for you, it's like more extreme. Yeah, so that's the thing. Anxiety um, is also very physical. So it, yeah. it's basically the fight or flight. I think a lot of you guys have like learned about it, like especially biology students but um basically once your fight or flight starts kicking in that's basically the feeling of physical anxiety mm-hmm. and once it does start kicking in your digestive system shuts down because the blood needs to go to your muscles so you can like fight a bear so i think that's a reason why maybe we have like oh oops. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah, but I don't know for sure. So y'all don't. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, if y'all buy right. what you do, it's like if you know <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, okay, good for you. Yeah. Okay, continue on with that. So yeah, that's anxiety, <clears throat> and then eventually in grade nine, I remember every day when I walked up to the fourth level because my locker was there. No one was like around, but I would walk up, sit down, but feel immense like physical anxiety for no reason. Yeah, it was really weird. Like I would, I would feel like I would be shaking and like breathless, not just because of the stairs, because I was like very unfit, but also because of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was just really confused on why I felt that way, and um, that kind of carried on with me for mm. for a while. Yeah, and then eventually I started to have like social anxiety, mostly in grade eleven to twelve. I really felt it when. I was in drama class because I felt like I didn't really have anybody to talk to there. Everybody had their like little cliques and stuff and I wasn't really part of the group. And I just felt really awkward to kind of approach people to make mm-hmm. conversation and I was scared they would judge me because those people, I thought they were like the cool popular people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like my first sign of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, oh, I just have to say this. Like, throughout my whole life, I've been a very, like, negative person until maybe second year university, but mm-hmm. I'll get to university later. Okay. But yeah, I I felt like the world was, fr- like, really unfair, and I thought that everything was against me, and I was super unlucky. And just that um, perspective on life really made the anxiety worse, because anxiety already pushes you to the depths of, like, negative thoughts. 
Yeah. So just person in general, that made everything like 10 times worse because I would agree with those thoughts rather than kind of just like let them slide or say, no, that's not true, right? Yeah. So yeah, I just had to say that. Yeah, so grade 12 happened and I remember I had a lot of anxiety surrounding like just everyday things. Um, I felt like I couldn't just do things like wash the dishes without feeling anxious or bad about myself or like feeling like a lump in my throat or a or a lump in my stomach mm-hmm. um and okay. i also i also i also remember every time i hung out with my friends my anxiety would tell me like you don't deserve to be happy with them every time i felt like genuine happiness yeah it would fucking suck i mm-hmm. felt like i didn't deserve it i felt like i did something wrong which i didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. and i would always think about the crap stuff that i did in the past and it would just haunt me and my anxiety would use that as evidence to tell me that I'm a bad person. Oh, which, yeah, it was it was so freaking difficult to go through that because I already try really hard to be a good person, but just having myself tell me that I'm a bad person and bring up evidence about it mm-hmm. was it made it really difficult for me too. Yeah, is it almost like a separate voice in your head? Um, I think back then. It was a separate voice in my head slightly. It was like my own voice in my head. It wasn't... Yeah, it was just like my thoughts that would come into my head. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to explain. It wasn't It wasn't a um, random voice that came into my head. Kind of thing. Mm. Or else that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 it's like... Come on. You suck. suck. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like, oh, uh-huh. you suck. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like your thoughts oh dude i hate that like when you're when you're feeling happy and then your thoughts just come in and like be like no you're not allowed to be happy because of mm-hmm. this no where do you think this kind of came from like as a child was it mm-hmm. just from that one situation where you like felt guilty for signing up for something you were supposed to or do you think it was like <laughs> it was like a build-up of a like your environment or i don't know yeah like other so experiences I- um, as a psych student, I have to talk about this. Basically, I, I'm pretty sure it stemmed from how my parents raised me as a child. Mm-hmm. So my parents are, are Chinese and they didn't really have parents that knew how to care for them in the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, their parents and also my own parents would kind of ignore me as a child if I was oh. crying or too loud or something. I'm just I'm just like assuming but i i I asked them about like that now and they kind of say like oh when a baby's crying you gotta ignore them so they can build up strength oh wow no that's not true right right? that's not true even if the baby's getting annoying like you gotta soothe them because otherwise they'll feel like people don't care about it yeah but but yeah i i don't know how much i was held as a baby and i didn't feel really attached to either of my parents too much or too close to either of them maybe to my mom more because i hung out with her more yeah and i was i was yeah and i didn't have a good relationship with my dad and i was pretty like scared of him because he would like yell at me and stuff like that mm. um and especially when i when they helped me with homework they would yell at me and i would cry <laughs> i think a lot of kids have been through that yeah experiencing that um made me feel uncared for as a child and just anxious in general and i think that's a that's a big place of where it stemmed from so i never really had like the parental figure that i felt that i could feel 100 percent safe with and they'll accept me for everything i am Mm -hmm. 
Um, and uh, with that said, I think my, my attachment style as a child was ambivalent. So ambivalent is when you basically feel... I don't remember them clearly. I'm such a bad psych student. Oh my god. It's okay. <laughs> but um, I think it's ambivalent and that meant that your your parents showed you inconsistent love so they weren't like there for mm. you every single second of the like day that you cried and stuff. Okay. Or honestly nobody was, no caregiver was. Um and there's a lot of like evidence that shows your attachment style as a child can predict a lot of things um for you as a as an adult for the future mm-hmm. and for the future i mean as like an adult now i can really see how my childhood has impacted me in terms of anxiety because when a parent gives inconsistent love the child feels like really nervous and uncertain because they don't know when they're gonna get love or not receive love so they're just kind of in the state of like anxiety of like oh i i want to be loved but I- i'm i'm scared to like express it Mm. Um, this is not everybody but this is like how I felt I was just scared as a kid to express my feelings to my parents because I was scared of their reaction Mm -hmm. and till this day I'm still like similar in that sense a little bit less but yeah just still anxious towards my parents and it really predicted how I am in um, my current relationships with people too like friendships and um, also romantic relationships I'm Mm -hmm. very anxious in them because I'm scared that they're going to leave me, basically. So I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely where it stemmed from. Right. That makes sense. When Mm -hmm. did you kind of come to terms with this? Like, in the beginning, it must have been confusing, right? Because maybe you were like, oh, am I the only one having these thoughts and stuff? But Mm -hmm. then... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking, wow, why am I so messed up? Why do I have these terrible thoughts in my head it was it was really hard for me to understand it because i felt like i was the only person going through it because no one else was telling me that they had thoughts like that and um i think i ended up researching about anxiety on my own and kind of like looking it up online and um kind of reading upon it and then i realized oh wow like the thoughts i have are really similar to the intrusive thoughts that people with ocd have this was in high school like grade grade 11 to 12 that's when i really started to look into my anxiety and ocd after kind of learning about it and seeing that i had like symptoms and i there was a reason why i had those thoughts and people have these thoughts and it's like a normal thing in a sense Mm -hmm. like not exactly like normal but well it's normal but it's not like what an average person deals with um i kind of told myself wow i should really get some help with this so i decided to talk to my school counselor miss farnell about it and then she recommended me to um a clinic so that i could fill out some forms like an intake so they can set me up with a counselor in um, vancouver and doing so was kind of weird because i had to tell my parents to drive me there so i had to tell Mm -hmm. my parents about it they they uh, like they of course kind of just thought like Ah, oh, it's just thoughts in your head, girl. Just stop thinking so much. <laughs> oh, you worry too much, girl. Live life. <laughs> live, love, live, laugh. Like live, no. laugh, and learn. <laughs> like, ah, no, bitch, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. I can't control these damn thoughts. You think I can control the neurotransmitters in my damn head? No. <laughs> I can't tell my mind to just keep calm and stay cool. Like, yeah. that's not how it works, dude. I can't mind control. 
Can you guys do that? Yeah. I told them about it. They they dismissed it, but they still they still drove me to the place, which I'm very thankful for. And at first, when I was at the intake place, I felt really awkward because it was like totally new and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was at the same time a really good experience because I actually saw somebody that I knew from my school. Oh yay! Um, in the waiting room. Yeah, I didn't I didn't talk to them because I didn't know them too well. But it made me think like, wow, a lot of people go through this. Like even people that you may have not even thought of would actually go through like mental health stuff um and then eventually i got an intake and um i actually i was put on a wait list but it actually took like months for me to actually be referred from that clinic so during that time my mom actually stepped up and like um looked for counselors mm-hmm. and then she helped me find one in a youth clinic and that's when i first um talked to my first counselor kind of opened up about it and the first time i talked to her it was awkward you know (laughs) older lady and i was just sitting in that room and just talking about my trauma (laughs) to this lady that i don't know ever yeah yeah um but it felt i think it felt pretty relieving it felt good to tell somebody about my experiences and feel validated by them especially Mm. by like a professional and kind of have somebody normalize what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, eventually I started to see the counselor that I was referred to. And she was my long-term counselor. I saw her for like a year. No, no, sorry, sorry. Two years? Two and a half years? It was mm-hmm. it was really long-term with her. And she was the one who um, really changed the way I thought about things and really shifted my anxiety. Yeah. Like, I basically went to CBT. I went through CBT therapy, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's basically trying to shape your thoughts into different ones. So when you have like a worry or something like that, you're able to handle them better. Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of like practice and counseling, I, I eventually actually started to shift my negative perspectives on life into like really positive, optimistic ones. But definitely I still experienced anxiety throughout like all the years of counseling and I still experience anxiety till this day. And after that counselor, I saw a bunch of um, other counselors as well. I kind of had to jump to different ones because I was an adult, so I couldn't really receive free long-term therapy. So it was all very mm-hmm. short term, but I went through UBC counseling and also Asperia empower me. And they all got me connected to another counselor. My experience is longer than that. But that, I guess that was the shorter version of how I figured out I had, like, anxiety and stuff. Did you ever face any resistance with seeking out counseling? Like, was there a period of time where you were just, like, saying, oh, no, I shouldn't seek it? Mm, at the beginning, as soon as I found out that I had something that could be handled, like, I had, like, mental health issues that could be healed and dealt with, I was like, I'm gonna go for it. I want this shit out of my life. Yeah. That was one so i didn't really re- resist to it at all i just wanted i wanted to tell somebody my trauma like please leave <laughs> it off of me god damn yeah but yeah. i never had resistance yeah i mm-hmm. always was open to see like a counselor sometimes i'm lazy to see a counselor mm-hmm. um never that's, really resisted yet that's so good that you went and got help i think i know one of the biggest struggles of people dealing with mental health is that 
they don't even know where to start when it comes to seeking help because there's also a lot of resources like online there's like online counseling there's like in-person counseling or they just go to your friends but sometimes like they don't know which one to go to and then they just don't end up seeking any kind of support and then bottling it up just ends up making things worse right i think that's something that like my brother kind of went through because he went through like mental health issues Uh, and i don't i don't think he ever got the like proper kind of support that he needed like not from my family even though we tried our best or not from the counselors either so yeah it's a very different experience for everyone yeah i i didn't know your brother went through that so that is Mm -hmm. like yeah eye-opening to hear about yeah he did it was it was also very confusing because we yeah. didn't really know what was going on. And obviously, like like you said, like Asian parents, they don't really know <laughs> about like mm-hmm. mental health issues, right? Like they just assume that, oh, like you're sad about something? Like get over it, man. Like like there's so much more in life to be like excited about. Like do your damn homework. I'm just kidding. It's like it's like not that extreme, but like but like overall it takes a long while for them to accept that this is an issue that you have to handle carefully. And you can't just like say oh you'll get over it in a year and then you can get back to school right it doesn't work like that right Mm -hmm, exactly i i imagine my my parents handling anxiety like a thought comes and they just like hit it with a broomstick and be like fuck you get out (laughs) hit it with a broomstick (laughs) 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 why you doing that like knock on some chopsticks and be like okay (laughs) on to the next thing yeah i want (laughs) to <laughs> I want to dig deeper into like how it went with your parents, like just telling them about it, and like, do you communicate with them a lot about this now? Um, they they were really open about it, but they didn't understand it. So mm. every time I told them something, they just kind of tried to think of like a logical way to handle it. But right, it but like you can't really doesn't. do logic for mental health right yeah you can't really like sometimes you just need someone to like accept you and make you feel as though what you're going through is completely normal but um i don't think my parents were necessarily able to do that and um or they would just not really know what to say or what to do so i i did go to them a couple of times to talk about it which was nice but i i wouldn't like in my personal experience, I wouldn't go to them to talk about my mental health. Like even right now, I wouldn't. But there mm-hmm. was one experience with my dad where I just the intrusive thoughts were really like bombarding in my head, and I I felt like I was really spiraling down a hole that I didn't want to be spiraling down. I don't know if I had a counselor at that time, but I really needed like support from somebody. And then I just mm-hmm. told my dad all about it, about the intrusive thoughts. And he really validated me and told me that that's totally normal. It's totally normal to like have thoughts like that. Everybody has them sometimes. And yeah, he comforted me and really mm-hmm. listened to me. I remember he pulled the chair in front. Like I was sitting on the piano chair and then he like literally pulled the chair to sit mm-hmm. right in front of me and listen carefully. And I was like, wow, I've never experienced something like that with my dad. Yeah, that was like Aww. a big turning point in in my dad's relationship too yeah oh that's so beautiful that sounds like a scene out of a movie it's like <gasps> pulls out I a chair sit in front of you and then like so so you guys are a lot closer now because you were able to open up to him about this um well we just we we got kind of distant after having a trip to china because my mental health got fucked up during that trip like it was oh. really bad because i was in an unfamiliar 
environment and mm-hmm. um i had a really traumatic experience before the trip and i was mm-hmm. just going with my dad and he's like inconsistent with like his moods sometimes he's mm-hmm. like really like happy and stuff and sometimes he's just like angry and it's just like stemming from my childhood it was yeah. it makes you feel because of that uncertainty yeah so i still don't for help anymore I, I i don't anymore but if i really really need it i know i can go to him right yeah inconsistency like causes anxiety because it's like you you can say something or you do something but you have no idea like how how they're gonna react right mm-hmm. i definitely talked to sorry my lord <laughs> all good all right be right back i need to take my and i did press it hey go for it go for it <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 my body, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But yeah, like um how is it like open up to your friends about it? Um I wish I'm I I'm a very open person ever since I was very young. And, yeah, you're so open. Um, <laughs> like TMI yeah, open sometimes. Girl, <laughs> you share your TMI stuff back. So what are you? Yeah, saying? I do. No, no, I love TMI <laughs> stuff. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, how about yeah. like with mental health? Like, how was it like opening up about that? I think it was okay. Um, they didn't really understand what I was going through. And they couldn't exactly relate to it, but they were very, very supportive about it. And I had like two close best friends in in high school, and I told them about like my anxiety, and they were very, very sweet about it. And they knew what I was going through, and they would try to like watch their words and also, um, also care for me. I remember there was this one time in first year university. Um, I had a exam for computer science. <laughs> in a really, I was re- in a pretty bad place that time because okay. that time I was really down on myself because it was first year I was going through transitions and I was figuring out like um, my sexuality too and also what I want to freaking do in life. Yeah, and so I was kind of jumping into this hole of like um, negativity. Mm. Um, with like everything feeling like life's unfair everything sucks kind of thing so when i ha- was about to have have an exam i was kind of just like oh i'm gonna fucking fail this exam it's gonna take so long i'm gonna be so tired i was really really negative but my friends they stayed with me to get dinner before my exam even though i was being like such a bitch about everything complaining about <laughs> everything yeah. they like stayed by my side and Aww. they were really there for me that time so and now you're so open about it like even just like talking about it here it's so good like mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like you're in a much healthier place now right with your mental i health. i definitely am yeah so you took psychology in university did that offer any yeah. kind of like comfort <laughs> did you just burp <laughs> Just repeat that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're so gassy, dude. I, I realized after I burped, I was like, "Oh shit, she's talking." It's okay. It's okay. Um, did uh, do you think taking psychology in university helped you come to terms with mental health a lot better? Because <laughs> your face. Anyway, sorry. Because because you were able to like understand what was going on like in the background, like scientifically and stuff. So it wasn't like confusing anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, I freaking love psychology. It taught me so much about my mental health and yeah. just how you perceive mental health in general. It, it really opened my eyes about 
the physiological things that happen in my brain and also basically how thoughts work and what goes on in our head like the neurons and their communication and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so that it really really helped me it made me feel very accepted too did you end up finding a kind of a community of other people that are going through the same thing i i tried to join a facebook group but i kind of um turned off notifications and muted the group now because i don't have those kind of symptoms anymore Mm -hmm. like yeah i actually don't really have those symptoms anymore so i kind of just walked away from that um Mm -hmm. i never really like posted on them but i would comment on other people's to help them and as well as kind of just read other people's and be like oh wow i totally relate so it felt nice yeah Mm -hmm. that's good there's so many different like types of like mental health what do you call it like is it called a disorder or yeah disorders yeah different types of mental health disorder yeah there's a ton and there's like subsets of um the disorders themselves like anxiety there's like general anxiety social anxiety and also ocd is a type of um anxiety disorder as well and ocd has its own subtypes too <laughs> oh my god <laughs> there's a lot yeah there's a lot and also just just um to clear the air um for my ocd symptoms it wasn't about like cleaning because i think there's a misconception that ocd is just about cleaning but yeah it, it really it really isn't yeah just about right. that yeah okay yeah thanks for clearing that because i would have thought it was about like being type a and like <laughs> like cleaning everything no. but no it's not no, right no. i'm ah! <laughs> you know that name <laughs> we talked about <laughs> oh true <laughs> um what else is there specifically that you wanted to share um i wanted to talk about my experience with counselors yes so with counselors um I saw a lot of them, so I got to feel different kinds of counseling and different styles of counselors and just, like, realizing, wow, this style does does not work for me. Because some counselors are just very, like, gives you advice, advice, advice. Maybe you can do this. And they just kind of tell you what's going on for you, but rather than um, being empathetic and, like, telling you, oh, I'm so sorry you went through that and just actively listening to you and paraphrasing, like, what you said and what you're going through because I feel like that really works for me when someone kind of validates my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I had, like, counselors that would just kind of say, okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah, so your brain is blah, 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 blah. You should try some meditation. We should try this one. Like, I I really didn't like that. It felt like yeah. they were just throwing tips at me. And All I just right. don't like it when... You know, like, people in general, I, I'm I'm not the type to enjoy comfort. Um, That is manifested as, like, advice or tips. Like, if I wanted advice, I would ask. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm just the type to really, like, like warm responses. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, are really... I'm happy to hear that. Like sometimes you just need someone to listen to you and just give you a place to vent all your emotions and give you like, just give you empathy, you know? Isn't that what a counselor is supposed to do? Yeah. Like not impose advice. Dude, I feel the same way. Like if I'm feeling like crap and I need to vent, I don't want someone to be like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I already tried that. But like, I mean, yeah. But yeah, Yeah. it's it's interesting. There's different types of counselors. Because like I personally, I've never like experienced like one-on-one counseling before like i've had like family counseling before just for like our family issues and stuff but 
I think they make such a big difference because they really like they're like you're so vulnerable with them, right? So then the way that yeah. they respond to that, like it can hit pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, it's really hard, especially when you're talking about like whether you feel like you're a bad person or not, and like their reply really is important. So I had to experience like different counselors and understand my style. And some counselors I just I just didn't vibe with.、Um, I also tried online counseling. It was okay, but the counselor I couldn't really connect with that well.、Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't too warm as a person、mm-hmm. um, because she was like the the straightforward, blunt kind of person, right? Which some some people need that, like to kind of like tell them what to do, so they feel、yeah. like they have something to follow、um, yeah. exactly. But yeah, like I said, I like having a warm counselor.、Um, but there、mm-hmm. was this one counselor that really、um, really messed me up, basically. Oh, but、sure. I'm I'm yeah I'm healed from it now. But that's good. Yeah. So this counselor, um, I saw for like maybe three sessions or two sessions. Okay. But at, at first, I already kind of felt like her and I didn't very didn't vibe very well. I, she wasn't a very good fit for me. Okay. But at that time, I just thought it was like, oh, maybe I'm just transitioning from a different counselor to her. Maybe、yeah. I should just yeah um continue to go go with it. Um. But I basically opened up to the counselor and then told her what me and my long-term counselor were doing, and then she basically invalidated my whole counseling experience. What? Yeah. Are you yeah. Serious? What the yeah, fuck? I know. I was so surprised. Well, actually, during that time, I wasn't very surprised because I was talking to a professional, and yeah, I took everything they say not like a grain of salt. I took it as like, shit, this is a professional; they're experts in their field, they're right, and that kind of stuff. But obviously,、mm-hmm. now I know that like even doctors aren't always right and that kind of stuff. But during that time, I was like, professional, professional. She's a professional. I have to <laughs> listen to.、Her. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I told her about what I worked on, and she basically told me that that. Experience you had with your counselor and what you worked on only helped short, only helped short term. Like all Dude, the what? yeah, um, all the methods you you got from her only work short term. It doesn't help for long term. And she was like judgmental about it. So that、oh. that fucked me up. What the、mm. fuck, woman? I why know. Would, why, why would you do、mm. that? That's so messed up, dude. It's like you, you, you went through so much progress with like your long term counselor, and then she's basically saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, that 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 yeah, that was useless. So like now you're here with me, so let's do the right thing." Like, oh, that's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, that that was like a really terrifying experience. And after that day, I remember feeling this feeling of like I don't feel like myself. I feel like I felt really dissociated. I felt like I was just lo- this little floating thing in my head, just little、Hello. Ellen like walking around, being like, "Hello, hello, hello, hello. anybody here?" I'm traumatized again. <laughs> hello, hello, somebody save me! Yeah, please. And I had to like go to school and attend school with that feeling. It was horrible,、oh. and I also had to continue my extracurricular,、uh, extracurriculars, such、mm-hmm. as like dancing. And we had a show soon,、mm-hmm. and. For my dance, I was trying like a new style out, so I was really fucking nervous about that too.、Yeah. And I just remember feeling super dissociated during the dance performance, and I didn't feel good at all. And I felt like I was just in this really sad movie, and I felt really sad, but I couldn't feel sad. Like, like I felt sad, but not sad. I don't know if you know what I mean. I felt really.、Numb. Is that like melancholy, or is that how you say it? I don't know. I thought、oh, that was like a、right、simple disease or something. Ah.、Uh, 
Yeah, I think it was the. I think it's more of like the feeling of emptiness. Yeah, but the biggest feeling was not feeling like myself. I didn't feel like I was living my life. I felt like I was in a nightmare, like for oh no, for like a whole month. Yeah, and this was the trauma、oh, that happened before my um trip to China, which was way too long. <laughs> I was in China for way too long <laughs> with too many、uh-huh. different kinds of people and. Family、yeah. members and people telling me like, ah,、oh, just like negative things.、Mm. Oh, like being insensitive about stuff. Yes.、Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I remember. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say this. I remember my aunt being such a bitch to me. Like I, I didn't really care about what I wore in、um, China because it was freaking hot there. So I just wore random shorts and like a baggy shirt. And then oh, I was also wearing like a pouch, like the ones people wear to raise. What are those called? <laughs> oh, I know. It's like a fanny pack. Fanny pack, yeah. Yeah. Bag. <laughs>、um, <laughs> yeah. So I would wear um duffel bags because I didn't want no pickpockets to be picking at my my money and stuff. Yeah. Um, I wore that, and then she was giving me like a judgmental eye and telling me, "Can Ellen? Can you like not wear that? I literally can't look at you right now because what you're wearing is so so ugly." <gasps> are you serious? Who is she? What are you doing, dude? She's so mean. Yeah, I know, bitch. <laughs> yeah, so that negativity really fueled my anxiety too, and just being in like this hot environment with these negative people, it really it. I didn't enjoy my whole trip to China, even though、oh, I went、no. to so, so many different places. Yeah, I really regret it. I felt so dissociated. Oh. And there were moments when I went to China that I just didn't want to do anything. I felt like depressed, and oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really talk about. Uh, my symptoms of like depression and stuff like that. Yeah,、um, talk about it. Yeah, it really, really like the symptoms really hit me after my trip to China because I started to already feel really dissociated. Like it, it just doesn't feel like I'm living my my life. It felt like、mm-hmm. I was I could do anything in that moment and nothing would happen. Like oh, it was it was weird. It just felt like I was in like a dream state. For a very long time, so that that summer, I just felt like that the whole time. And people would like talk to me and stuff, and I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really be able to register it too much. I didn't feel like、mm-hmm. I was in the present, basically.、Oh. And yeah, it was a terrible feeling. And then I started to feel lethargic, like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do my hobbies. I just didn't feel like doing anything. But I felt so sad and like purposeless and hopeless,、oh. helpless、sad. as well. Yeah. No. I know it was really difficult for me. I think that was、um, last last summer,、um, and like during those times, I actually was dealing with like loss of my period. So I didn't have my period for like six months. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was and that was because of stress. Like oh my god, it was because of stress. My hormones were fine. Everything else was like fine. It was stress induced, so、yeah. uh, my doctor put me on antidepressants, and、um, I'm just gonna talk about my experience with antidepressants because yeah, yeah. So when I first took it, I had really bad side effects. Like I was more anxious, and I was shaking a lot, and、yeah. I felt this. I felt like I was high. Like it, it was like <laughs> similar feeling. Yeah, but it was a bad high. It was like everything. My When I shifted my eyes, it felt like everything was moving like slower. Slower. I couldn't really focus on things. Yeah. And I had like nausea in the morning, and I was super, super sleepy. Like I could sleep through the whole damn day and take、oh, tons of like naps. So it felt、yeah. terrible. Um, 
But then my doctor told me not to like get off of them and to just take a smaller dose and take it like at nighttime instead. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and eventually my anxiety started getting like exponentially better. Mm. Like, better, and um, I had like less intrusive thoughts. I didn't feel the dissociation anymore. I felt like I was living my life. Everything yes. wasn't a dream. Reality, yeah, and like to imagine, wow, that was the moment where I felt like I actually started to live in life. It was crazy. When was this? When you actually kicked in? Two years ago. Damn, what a long journey you went on. So I've been taking it um, ever since. Yeah, it's helped me a lot. I yeah, I used to wake up with a lot of anxiety, like anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. Um. I actually recently had it too, like anxiety attacks um, when I nap and also when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I up my medicine and then, like, I don't really, I don't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was a long journey, but I'm I'm here now. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh, you went through so much, dude. Oh yeah. my god, it was just, yeah. dude. I, I there's I, a I, lot. I, there's a lot more to it. Damn. Okay, what do you Okay, let me ask you this. Um what do you think is a misconception about mental health that people might have? Oh, I think I think uh, a big misconception I think a big <laughs> misconception with mental health is that when somebody is dealing with mental health issues, they're dealing with like disorders. But that is like like not the case because sometimes like an average person can suddenly fall into depression Mm -hmm. it's something that just some people have it for all their lives i think and then some people don't have it for all of their life it kind of just comes randomly Mm -hmm. and also um some people are like high functioning like i i was a high functioning person with like mental health issues but Mm -hmm. they they really like affected my life like i'm pretty sure like everybody thought i was like really happy and cheery and the mm-hmm. clown but yeah deep in- inside i was i was dealing with a lot of shit Aww. yeah yeah definitely yeah. to like if someone were to just like see you and not really know you i think the impression would be like oh like this girl's so happy like she's she like she does dance like she's such a goof like she's so confident like she's really loud and stuff right but then yeah you don't really see what's like underneath that's so true i feel yeah. like that's that's like a thing that like sometimes people can can forget is that it can happen it can like be happening to anyone even like the happy yeah. the people who seem like the happiest people or the people who seem like the most confident people too like, yeah they also could have dealt with like social anxiety and stuff like that yeah or they are dealing with social anxiety like like I don't think people would think that I have social anxiety yeah I would seem like, like a really yeah, I also wouldn't have guessed because you do dance, you did you did uh you did drama, right? In high school. It's just like yeah, just like something that you experience, but then like sometimes you can't really see it unless you like I like physically see you like shaking. But it's like in your head, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Is there anything else from your story that you, you feel like um you wanna share? Oh, I'll probably talk about the time that I tried to get diagnosed for okay. um disorders. Um, I saw a psychiatrist and I basically told them like what was going on and stuff like that. And my mm-hmm. long-term counselor was there to tell, tell him too. Um, and he didn't really diagnose me with anything. He did mention like anxiety a lot, um, mm-hmm. but he 
didn't necessarily uh, say that I had OCD or social anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder or anything. Mm -hmm. And like after that, I kind of just felt worried because I was concerned that everything was just in my head then and that I don't have an anxiety disorder. Yeah, I thought it was like black or white, whether you have it or not. But like I said, it's like a spectrum and people can be lower on the spectrum and people can be higher on the spectrum. Um, And also a diagnosis is literally like ticking off certain boxes in the DSM-5 and having it for like a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't define you basically like getting a diagnosis or not. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make what you any less real either. Um, And I think people should like really know that. That's so, that's so powerful. It's not, black and white right if you like don't tick off all these boxes it doesn't mean what you're feeling is not valid yeah exactly and right now you feel like you're in a healthier place so what what kinds of um things are you doing in your life right now to kind of maintain your mental health at a good level you said that you yeah. i don't know if this is a different topic but like you said that you used to think pretty negative but then now you're like uh you're 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 better at thinking positive right so yeah how, how did you do that Um. Uh- I just based okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna explain what I did. So during CBT, um, when the counselor kind of tries to like shift your thoughts from a negative thought into a like a more more positive one, yeah. um, what that does is it increases the uh, strength of the path in your brain for your, the like neuronal path. I don't know if that's like the right <laughs> word, but neural path. Neur- neural path. Okay. Neural. Anyway, that sounds right. Yeah, the neural pathway. So okay, okay. Let me just retract sorry um the more you have positive thought the faster the action potential okay this is okay this is gonna get confusing because i'm talking about bio stuff but the fact but the faster the thought comes to your head basically it ends up being stronger than the negative thought because it builds like my teeth around it yeah so the more you think about um something the more myelin sheath the neuron will have, which makes like the the action potential travel faster. <laughs> mm. If that if that makes sense, so kind of your yeah, so your previous automatic thoughts will become less strong than your new automatic thoughts. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I just did that for a long time, kind of just like shifting my thoughts. Like for example, if I failed a test or something like that. Um, and, and like it's okay to feel the feeling of like, oh fuck, I did shit and feel like sad. Um, but to combat that, I would tell myself like, hey yo, it's like it's totally fine. Like school is just school. Grades mm-hmm. don't define who you are as a person. Sure, they might count towards like different things you want to do in the future, but at the end of the day, it doesn't define who you are, and it doesn't define. Yeah how more or less successful you'll be like that one percent or like failing a class it doesn't define who you are yeah damn right love that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) so you like reframe the negative thoughts into like something positive and then basically you're like consciously making sure that your thoughts were more positive yeah and then eventually they be it just I unconsciously do it. It just happens. No, oh, that's just, so good. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Yay. this technique works, y'all. It works. Yeah. 
And then now, you, you would you say you have like an overall much more positive outlook just on life in general? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Hell I, yeah. When something bad happens to me, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> that's you're like, oh. yeah, I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, damn, that damn, sucks. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's all it's all good though. Like, yeah, what's that gonna do to me? Like. That doesn't have yeah. to affect me. That's true. I, want it. I feel like, yeah, that always also just comes with, like, growing up, right? Like, we've both been through some shit. Like, you've been through a lot of shit, man, you know, with, like, yeah. with life, with, like, school, like, relationships and, like, all that shit. So now you're you're just becoming stronger and stronger as you go through these experiences, right? Like, the yeah. small stuff, like, can't yeah. shake you as much anymore. It's all a growth yeah. journey. Yeah. Definitely is, yeah. I don't know what my life would be if I didn't have anxiety issues, to be honest. It, it really made me into the person who I am today. Yeah. So is part of you is like kind of grateful for, for have, yeah, having I, you, Would you say it made you like a stronger person now? It definitely has made me a stronger person. Yeah. It really has made me a stronger person. Yeah. And it made me, it helped me love myself. That's a big thing too. It really ah! helped me love. Yeah, I love myself. Yes. Oh my I love that. I love that you can just say that without hesitation. Like, oh, you're just like hugging yourself too. <laughs> yeah, you can like, give me some hugs, y'all. Like, yeah, yeah. Literally, like, Dude, it feels so good. Crush or something, like. Oh. Dude, seriously, man. Like, oh my, I don't know, I, dude, Ellen. I don't know if you do this, but oh. sometimes, like, when I feel like shit, I'll like look in the Did mirror and then. No, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what is I call your bean. <laughs> <laughs> wait, tickle my bean. What? No, so. So sometimes when I feel like crap, I'll literally go to the washroom and stare at myself in the mirror and talk to myself. I'll be like, Meg, stop being a piece of shit to yourself. <laughs> you're better than this. And then I'll yeah. like give myself affirmations. I'll be like, yes, you're doing great. Yeah, dude. Build those, build those myelin sheets, bitch. Yeah. yeah, bitch. Dude, affirmations work, dude. Also, I write. Like when I feel like crap, I like yeah. write to myself like, dear Meg, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then, and then it like manifests, you know? It like changes your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It does change your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So good. Journaling is really good also uh what else i've been doing is a gratitude journal i think this has been helping a lot there's um, yes yes yeah there's evidence that it increases happiness so i've been doing like everything yeah that's so good dude wait so so is that you write like five things you're you're grateful for in a day or is it just unstructured um well it's kind of unstructured sometimes i write five or three but sometimes i write like 10 like mm. anything like don't you don't have to think about like oh, i'm thankful for my family i'm mm-hmm. thankful for my friends like it's hard to know what to write but just think of little things that made you happy within the day like yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for the sun peeking out just for a little bit i'm grateful yeah. for um my sister patting me on the head like just small things oh that's so nice it, it makes you um i love it when you can notice like the little things in life that make you happy like like the smallest things like oh like <sighs> my brother like poured me poured me something today or like you know my mom like set the table and it was like she was like she smiled at me just like tiny stuff and then when you notice that it makes you like appreciate life more and you just you just feel so happy right it really it does yeah Yeah. my mental health journey really appreciate the little things in life too because before i couldn't sit on the bus without feeling super like anxious and feeling like a pit in my stomach and feeling guilty about like literally nothing mm-hmm. or like watch show that i like without feeling guilty for for absolutely like nothing right so yeah. now i can do all those things so y'all don't take granted don't take those things for granted okay because some oh, people yeah. actually 
can't do those things without feeling like shit the whole day. Yeah. I really put things into perspective, right? Like someone can be in the exact same situation and do the exact same things, but then they can feel completely different about it. Well, I like psychology. It's so yeah. interesting. Psychology is so interesting. I really like thinking about how, like, how the human brain works. Like, I really yeah. like. I try to like mind read sometimes, but like, Ooh. especially if I like someone, then I'll be like, <laughs> try yeah. to read your mind. <laughs> body language is so important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. body language. <laughs> but yeah, um, you mimic. Them. Oh, if you mimic your crush. They might like you more. I think that's like something. I learned in school. <laughs> I think I read that on like freaking like I was on Google and it was like a wiki how article. It was like how do you make yeah. a girl like you or something? It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> imitate their actions. Uh, your sources peer reviewed wiki how. God, huh? what? Are your sources peer reviewed wiki how? <laughs> dude i don't even know man but i feel like when i like someone i just like imitate them subconsciously it's kind of messed up but yeah anyways um yeah no that that was good thanks for sharing your experiences i love how they were so like personal and specific Mm. it really gives a good perspective on on mental health and what kinds of different things that one person can deal with and like it's like um someone else going through mental health could go through a completely different journey right so it's powerful to think about how it's not the same for everyone everyone going through mental health is battling this one thing but they all battle it in different ways and it, there's no one right way to do it like you exactly. right and it's like it can be a long journey it can take years it can take months Let's say if you were to like give advice to your younger self about mental health, like what would you say to yourself? I would tell myself that to basically keep seeing your counselor, just keep trying to build up those coping skills and also uh don't basically don't don't give up on healing your mental health and also take things one step at a time. It's okay. You don't have to like fix like you don't have to like improve so many parts of yourself all at once you can start with one thing and then work on the other thing you don't have to just spill all your trauma and kind of <laughs> try to tether through and work through each and one of them like yeah try to work through it like one at a time if you can or two at a time because mm. um working through all of it at once is really hard mm-hmm. and also know that other people are struggling through this like for real other people are struggling f- through this yeah other people are going through the same thing they're just not saying it statistics have a lot of underreported um people so can't really trust them really. yeah it's so important yeah. to know that like if you're going through this you're not alone even though it could feel like you're alone right yeah, yeah. even if you even if you read on people going through this once you like step into a room of people you can't really tell at all who's going through stuff Mm. it's really really difficult to tell yeah Yeah. i'm just gonna advertise the club i'm in now (laughs) okay Um, do your thing do your thing so i want all y'all listening to check out the wellness proposal we have an instagram and also a facebook it's i'm pretty sure it's relatively new i'm a new um exec in it and i'll be probably managing their instagram or maybe facebook and i'll be posting some 
good mental health wellness tips, posts, and stories about other people. So please come and follow us. Stay tuned for it. And and yeah, take care of yourselves and other people. Please like watch out for other people. And also try to think about how people are feeling in in their own situation like maybe someone is going through a lot but you just like can't see it you probably heard this a lot but just remember to think about how it feels to be in someone else's shoes Mm -hmm. and try to understand what they're going through yes beautiful couldn't have said it better myself girl I think when it comes to mental health, it's I think it's really good that more and more people are opening up about their struggles now. I think it's very helpful for people going through this to kind of read other people's stories or just see that they're not alone, even just like online or from like listening to this episode and hearing Ellen's story or just like talking to friends and opening up about it. When you know that you're not the only one going through this stuff, it makes it makes it a lot easier to go through it, right? Because it's like, you kind of have this like community and there's other people that are feeling the same confusing thoughts that you're feeling. So it's very important to have open conversations about it and just get rid of that stigma, which I think is, it's good. Like there's more clubs about this. There's more stories going up about this. There's just overall more awareness about it. So yeah, I think we're we're going in a good direction with this, yeah. just yeah. culturally. Yeah. Love yourself, buddy. Love yourself, guys. Woo, I don't know about you guys, but that was a jam-packed episode, and it was amazing because Ellen was so articulate, and she was so open and vulnerable about her experience that we just learned, I just learned so much just talking to her about this and just having her open up always i think it's really important to have these kinds of like very vulnerable conversations and be open about the issues that we're going through or our struggles or just our past and our stories of how we got to the point where we are today because you know everyone's on a different journey and mental health in itself is quite a journey so i hope that you know you as a listener if you have been through mental health issues you found this somewhat relatable in some aspects and on the other hand if you haven't been through any mental health related issues i hope that this was eye-opening just as it was very very eye-opening for me myself so yeah thanks for listening guys and as always remember to check out our instagram at i'm in my 20s i'll be posting a lot more frequently on the instagram and also this is the fourth to last episode of season one and i'm so happy that this podcast has come so far i can actually like cry happy tears right now and i'm so grateful for all your support thus far and i'm so excited to kick off the last few episodes of this season thanks for tuning in guys and until next tuesday bye